everybody. Welcome to Coming Hot in the Box. I am Carnage. I am Slice. And we have a very special guest on today. We have... We have two. Oh, we have two. We have two special guests. Oh my God. Steam is the important guest. (laughs) I think you're equally important. So Claire, you are the host and producer of a wonderful podcast called Transcat. I am. I, we've been both listening to it, and it's, it's really such a wonderful podcast. I'm so glad that I found it, or that it has found me. Yeah. Do you remember our meeting? At, the, at New London Pride? Yeah. yeah we, I certainly do. Yeah. Oh, yay, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've hit the point where, yeah, dementia sets in at times, you had You yet. had so many guests on your show, you've had way more episodes than we've had. Okay. And so I just want to make sure, like, did I stick out? No. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that I that was really inspiring. Our conversation there, I, I was like, okay, I, I definitely need to talk with these folks. And the idea of being here on Coming Hot in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see me blushing. No. Okay. Um, is, is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the podcast? Transcat is is my attempt at creating a safe space. Um, when transgender issues are talked about in the current political climate, there's usually a lot of hostility, uh, and there is a ton. You no, know, it's like three point seven eight tons of misinformation, mm. uh, and Transcat is my little corner where respectful conversations are going to take place. Each episode is just me in conversation with somebody. Um, and it's, it's all about listening and learning and being respectful. Uh, I was a teacher for 33 years. And if there's one thing you learn as a teacher, it's that if everybody's shouting, nobody's learning. Right. So accurate. That is, that is a really poignant Remark. I mean, it's true. So mm-hmm. we we try to to do that, and we try to come at it with all different angles over the course of the last season. Um, I've talked to healthcare providers, mental healthcare providers, um, talked to creators, writers, religious leaders. I, I have a theme of uh, recurring interviews with faith leaders because that's I find that really important. Uh, yeah. I was I was raised in a religion that taught me that I was wrong. Right. And so to to sit down with people and listen to them explain that, no, religion doesn't hate you. God doesn't hate you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I'm sort of the proxy for other queer people listening to hear that message, mm. that, that religion is not automatically shut off to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is important. So lots of different angles of coming yeah. at it. And over a, ter- a period of time, I mean, my original focus was let's talk issues, but in a respectful environment. But over time, Transcat started becoming a place for queer people to come tell their stories. Yeah. And that caught me off guard. But, oh, man, I loved it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- th- it's it's people's stories that are going to change minds. Yes, uh, agreed. Me ranting and raving about how unfair X, Y, or Z is isn't mm-hmm. going to change anybody, isn't going to change anything. But listening to a real human being say, 
here's my journey, here's my lived experience, you would have to be just so dead in your soul not to come away from some of those conversations moved. Yeah. Um, and so I, I get a chance to hear all those conversations. And some of the episodes that I've listened to with the faith leaders that you've had on, you can tell that it's a healing journey for yourself too. Oh, yes. Where there's been moments where I'm like, oh, man, that hits – Right in the feels. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really refreshing. The first episode of season two um, it was with Reverend Aaron Miller from Metropolitan Community Church in, in Hartford. A remarkable guy um, who is just all about love. Mm-hmm. That's the whole focus of it is and ministering to a community that has felt excluded and unloved. Um, and I, yeah, I, I was in tears at the end of it, which yeah. is not my job as the yeah. ending or <laughs> really, but he, his message and his presence was so powerful that, yeah, I, I was. Uh, yeah, you could feel it through because I listened to, I listened to that one as well. And I was like, oh, that's. You know, I am not religious, but, you know, I do come from a religious family and, you know. I went to Catholic school for nine yeah. years. Carnage can obviously relate to that one, too. Yeah. So we both have, you know, you know, pretty iffy past when it comes to religion. But, like, that was a very moving episode. It was really refreshing to hear. And I hope that people listen to it. Yeah. Uh, the episode that I listened to was about um, you were getting your tattoo, your blue rose tattoo, and um, it is beautiful. Oh, that's pretty. Uh, but your tattoo artist has kind of a specialty. It was it was remarkable. I I did not know that tattooing could do some of these things. Right. Um, yeah, it was amazing. That she works with mastectomy patients. She works with uh, trans masculine folks who have had top surgery. Yep. She works with cancer patients who have lost their hair. Anything that involves scarring. Yeah. She and and so what I kind of expected when I walk into a tattoo parlor. I mean, that was there too. And we, we sure. talked tattoos and, and the history of it, but, but the therapeutic aspect. Yeah. That was really surprising. Yeah. Yeah. And wonderful to, to hear her talking about it. It, it, it was like Reverend Miller, she was doing a kind of ministry. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know? I felt that in, in the interview. I really did. Cause you know, it's almost like she, she wishes I, from what I got from her is that she just wishes she could do more, Yeah, you know, and just reach out to the community and all the, the communities that she does affect. Cause it's not just the trans community, but you know, cancer patients, all such, sorts of folks, like, yeah. all sorts of folks that are, and, and just like the needling that she was talking about, like how needling without ink and just can really help the scars. It breaks down it breaks scar down tissue. Scar apparently. Tissue. Yeah. yeah. And it was just very interesting. So, Definitely a, a very strong recommend to all you out there to give Transcat a listen for sure because I think you'll you'll really learn some things mm-hmm. and get different perspectives, which is really beautiful. And it's spelled different. Yes, it, it is. is. It is. T R A N S Q A T is the way you spell it. Uh, Transcat is. I th- I tell one story that that this was the suggestion of my four cats and I, <laughs> they outvoted me basically. Uh, 
but as they do, as, yeah, that's right. They they just sort of no. We, this is what we're going with. But the the truth is, the cue is for queer. Um, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it it gives it that little bit of a unique thing. It is. And yeah, I, I like that. I am genuinely genuinely excited to be here tonight because on my podcast, I very rarely swear. <laughs> if you're if you're trying to create an environment of respect and and learning and and welcome and everybody's safe, you don't fucking swear all the time. No. And so I am so delighted to be able to let rip tonight. <laughs> Please let it rip because I have a very different experience about teaching and creating a nurturing and loving environment because. I, I'm usually one of the coaches that um, when we have new recruits come in or what we call fresh meat or freshies, um, I am, I'm usually coaching the first practice and I will make any innuendo that is humanly possible and also curse a lot. Now, our, our other guest that we have on today is Steamy or just Steam, whatever you want to call him. Um, now, Steamy, what is your role at Shoreline Roller Derby? Uh, right now, I'm considered a teenage kraken. I was <laughs> a uh, freshie, uh, fresh meat, uh, back in January, and I've slowly worked my way up uh, to baby kraken status, and then now a teenage kraken, which basically means I've been cleared to practice with the contact skaters and um, get to learn and participate in all the drills, uh, and I'm working on uh, getting those skills up to be able to bout with the team. Yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> you kill me every practice. It's always now you and Grace, the other coach of the Kraken Skulls, uh, who is my counterpart. Uh, you guys have a lot of similarities with the way that you skate. And I know a lot about how Grace used to skate. Grace is on injury right now. But you guys skate almost exactly the same. And last night you fell in such a way that I just looked over at her and I went, did you like switch bodies with him? Like, what is going on? Like, I could, I saw you fall that way like a, a year ago. <laughs> but yeah, but it actually works out really well because Grace does have a similar skating style to me. And oh, yes. as a coach, she's like, oh, I've made that mistake already. This is what you should be doing yes. instead. And she's very good at saying, yep, okay, been there, done that, try this instead. And right. um, if you do this, tweak this this way and that kind of thing. And being able to work with her, uh, especially on like the smaller things has, I feel like really given me a lot of leaps and bounds. And yeah. then, you know, that's really what's moved me up to being able to do contact. And now I'm in the middle of a jam and I'm going, okay, now what do I do? Not, <laughs> now that I can like take a hit, where do I go? <laughs> yeah, it gets confusing in there if you have no idea what's going on. It's true. But I will say, because you have fallen so much, <laughs> your recovery time is like... Oh, it's great. It's lightning fast. Fucking yes. impeccable. I have never seen somebody like go down and get back up so fast. Well, it's also because he's young. He's well, also young. There's that. But <laughs> your youth... You the also, youth! You also got to remember what I did growing up. I was a goalkeeper in soccer for 16 years. You get up as fast as you possibly can. Yeah. Like you're getting the next shot. You're getting the next save. You're doing the next thing. And so you hit the ground, you're up. You hit the ground, you're up. We do that a hundred times of practice for four or five days a week. Mm -hmm. And you're just up, 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 up. So, yes, now I have to get up on wheels. So a lot of the times, especially when I first started, <laughs> I'd get up super fast and then immediately back, be back at the ground. Yeah. Because I could get up, couldn't stay up. So mm -hmm. I, once I learned, okay, slow down just a little. Get your feet actually on. Oh, you. oh, is oh, that what is you that learned? What you, that's that's what you needed to do. Oh, what? tell me more. 
about this slowing down. <laughs> yeah, I, say. I slowed down about a half a second on my get-ups. <laughs> and, and then um, now that I can get up and stay on my feet, I can get up just as fast as I used to. And yeah. um, they can watch me um, wipe out again in about five seconds because yeah. now it takes a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to, uh, when um, Steam was more of a freshie, uh, we would count <laughs> every time. <laughs> and there was one time where we took a bet. Yes. I'm sure yeah. in a very supportive way. Oh, oh I was course. absolutely supportive. <laughs> yes. Of course. <laughs> you know, uh, with Derby, Derby supports through sarcasm, <laughs> swearing, and a lot of love. But it, there's mm. a lot of sarcasm and swearing okay. mm-hmm. and sexual innuendos, at least when yeah. it's coming from me. It, yes. But (laughs) Steam is doing the one thing that we tell freshies to do is fall. Yes. You injure yourself a lot less when you learn how to fall and can get up properly Mm -hmm. and nailed it. You got it down. Yes. So, So the reason why we have you both on the show today, which I feel we should tell all of our listeners, is that so... Claire met um, Slice at the New London Pride, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think was it Claire? Was it you who uh, said I would love to learn about this? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> because we're, we're starting at ground level, I know nothing, which I love. <laughs> Which is great for our listeners who are freshies. Okay. Yeah. Because honestly, when I was a freshie, I was doing skills so much that I forgot that there was an actual game connected to what I was learning. What did you have to apply? That I had to apply to. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's a thing. (laughs) I'm not just coming here to learn skills and how to skate. Oh, yeah, there is a thing. And then at that point where you probably kind of are is like, oh, there's. There's things I need to know <laughs> so in I'll this be, sport. I'll be this evening's surrogate freshie. Is yes, what yes. Okay. surrogate yes. freshie. You are the surrogate freshie. Okay. Um, so as you could probably glean, freshies are brand new skaters. Okay. And freshies will come into a league having either never put on skates, never tried skating, or maybe tried skating a couple of times in their life, or been an avid skater. Uh, when I first came into Derby, I... I was an avid skater. Like I used to um, compete uh, artistically and when I was a child. And so I had, and my family was really big in roller skating. So I had that, but like skating, I've said this before, skating does not equal derby knowledge. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Because the big part about derby is that it is a full contact sport. Mm -hmm. Now I'm surprised to hear you say though, that there are people who come to the sport without skating Oh my goodness! Two, two of the three hands just went off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about that. What? That seems like a huge leap. I mean, I, I I'm envisioning standing at the top of the mountain with skis on my feet. Going, <laughs> okay. Now what? Um. So I will I will speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Um. Because our stories are a little bit different. Because you have an athletic background. Yes, I do. Whereas I do not. <laughs> I do not at all. I joined mid COVID. Because, you know, Derby had kind of died, and they were trying to get it back up and going, um, but everything was still no contact. Mm. Um, A friend of mine from high school had posted open recruitment, and I was so tired of staring at my walls. I was working from home, and I was just sitting, 
Mm-hmm. Just sitting and sitting and sitting. And it's just like, finally, it's like, I have to do something. I have to get out of the house. And I need to do something that doesn't feel like exercise, but is exercise. So I went for it. I took the leap and I'm super glad I did because it's completely changed my life. Wow. Yeah. And Steam, you you said you have a long soccer experience, mm-hmm. which is physically demanding. So I yes. assume some similarities there. Uh, in the ability to take a beating and get back up, yes. But <laughs> no. uh, and you have the endurance. So sure, yeah. Um, I was a goalkeeper. I stay okay. in my never box. mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, it was uh, I played softball last summer, and I was like, all right, this is fun. I like sports. You know, I gotta get back into doing something. But it really wasn't clicking with the team I was on. And then I, uh, Barry. Grandpa Barry. Grandpa, uh, Grandpa Barry! Yes. Uh, th- for their birthday, they asked to go to Open Skate. And I'm like, you sure that's what you want to do for your birthday? And they said, of course, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll come with you. You know, I'll rent some skates, throw them on. And um, they said, hey, tomorrow's open recruitment night. You want to come? And I said, if I am not too hungover, I will show up. And I was, you know, hanging at their place that night, and usually they break out their father's moonshine, and we have a wonderful time, and I am incapacitated the next day. So I was like, there's no way I'm making it to this recruitment night. For some reason, we didn't break into the moonshine that night. I don't know what Barry was thinking. We would have had an excellent time, but I mean, <laughs> I, st- I still drank enough to be feeling it the next day, but I was not incapacitated. I'm like, I did promise, so I showed up. And Barry happened to be working the bake sale, so they lent me their helmet. So what I had been worried about getting on skates was cracking my head open because... Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am very worried about that all the time for you. I'm not. I'm wearing a helmet. <laughs> so when I was playing soccer, I took a blow to the... I took two blows to the head within five minutes, and I ended up concussed for eight months, which is why I no longer played soccer. Whoa. So for me, head injuries was what I was scared of. So what happened is I had that Barry's helmet on and I was waddling around the track, but don't, not knowing what I'm doing, whatever, just trying to not fall. And then I fell and I went, oh, that's not so bad. And then I said, I can go fast because it doesn't hurt when I fall. I have a helmet on. I'll be safe. <laughs> I'm not, I'm and then, not sure I'm with you on your reasoning. Please, please, please continue. Yeah. And so I started to try to like, okay, they say bend my knees and I can maybe go a little faster. And I tried that and it worked. And then I fell down a bunch more times and I kept getting back up. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get this. Cause that, that's for me as a goalkeeper growing up, always the thing was there's no fear. When I go to throw my body on the ground to get the ball, there's no fear that the ground is going to hurt me. It might this time, but I have no fear of it. When I'm diving at someone's feet and they're trying to kick the ball as hard as they can and they're going to kick me in the head, I have no fear of that. So as soon as I fell the first time and it didn't hurt and I said, oh, I don't have to be afraid of this, I was in. The rest of it I knew I could learn. I knew I could put the time in. I could take the coaching, um, focus, which still working on every practice with Grace, um, and I could get better and do the things. But as soon as I wasn't afraid of it anymore, I was in. I was sold. Mm-hmm. Well, you're very coachable. Thank you. Yeah. I think if any of my coaches growing up heard that, oh, he's so coachable, <laughs> they'd be like, you're talking about the same kid? I was not coachable like, at all. And I was looking at going to play soccer in college. And pe- like people told me, like, you got to get more coachable. If you're not coachable, they're not going to want you. Mm-hmm. And so like 
I was when I was growing up, it was always, hey, you're playing soccer to pay for your college degree. That's that's what you're doing. And um, I said, all right, if I want to be able to do this, I have to be able to take coaching. So it is something I worked on for years to be able to take input where I thought I tried my best and I didn't succeed. And someone to say, hey, you did this wrong. And to be able to say, they're not picking at me here. They're helping me. And right. to be able to take that advice and then try to implement it and that mindset shift. And that took me a long time. But mm. for you to be able to sit here, coach, and say, hey, you're coachable, that is a huge win for me. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Aw. Yeah. You, I think you are. I, I, I will say in the beginning, it was – there. The, in the very beginning, I, th- I think there was more defensiveness mm-hmm. behind it. But now that you're more comfortable oh, – like, yeah. you know me. You know Grace. Like, yeah. You're here for bad movie nights, and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you, I think I would like to think you know that it comes from a place of just improvement and and caring. Oh, yeah, hundred so. percent. Yeah, I mean they yell at me all the time when I come off the track. They're like, "Watch those elbows slice." I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. What planet are we on? Like, I don't even say anything to you. Grace does. Well, Grace, Grace does. okay. Well, Grace. well, no, there are times where you're like, "What the fuck." <laughs> I do say that. There is a, there are some what the fuck moments like, for you. Yes, there are. Some <laughs> Where you're looking fuck. at me and you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is that And me going, oh. But I will say Grace is usually the one that's like, what do you do with those X, Y, Z? Like, yeah. why was that backlog? And I'll just be like, you guys did great out there. Oh, that was so good, guys. I'm right. <laughs> it's a good cop, bad cop thing. <laughs> yeah, I would... I think so. Do you think so? Treat me and Grace? Um, no, I think you guys both give um, decent feedback. Yeah. 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 I, I would say, yeah. I, I, probably... I think you in your head you think you're the good cop, but you do give you do give feedback. I do give <laughs> I do give feedback. <laughs> I do. But I usually try to be constructive with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, asshole. Okay. That's also very mean. <laughs> Well, if it's, at, if it's directed at me, it's more like... <laughs> you and whiskey, man. You make my me, life difficult. Me and whiskey, you guys are usually just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, God, are we complaining again about things? Probably. All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to actual things. So, Claire, let's teach you about roller derby. I am here to learn. All right. So... Before we start with okay, for the, this, yeah. do you have any questions before we give you a breakdown, I have I have so many questions, but they'll come out as we go through. This. Okay, great. Okay, we'll okay. make sure we take a pause. <laughs> All right, you'll see the look of absolute stark confusion. <laughs> yeah, oh, and Derby, it, we've talked about this. Is clear as mud. Like it is. <laughs> it is a challenging sport to, okay. for the for the bystander to be like, oh well, why is that person off the track now, or why? Why is that helmet cover off and that person get yeah? So there's a lot of things that. Well, I would say let's let's approach it that way. As if I'm coming to watch you guys perform. Yeah. And (laughs) it is a performance. Wrong verb. It is. I mean, well, uh, to play. I I, I put on a good show. Um, I put on a good show. You better just skate. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I mean, I do my best. Yes, you do. Um, one of the things that I also do in roller derby is announce. I'm an announcer, so that oh, is wow. my chance to perform. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm going to get that sequence jumpsuit. I know I am. 
I, I know you are. Oh my god, it's so great. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't wait. Uh, we're gonna be announcing for an entire weekend in November, so like Ooh. I gotta yeah. get my gotta get my belt fits on. She yeah, she wants to get a sequin jumpsuit, and I was like, I love that journey for you. It's it's a statement. It well, is it is a statement, and I love that. I well, will not be getting a sequin jumpsuit. I might get something else ridiculous, though. Yeah, which you should, because that's the thing about Derby is that you can just come as you are and you will find a home. Mm. And it is whether, like, Grace, who likes her, you know, T-shirts and, and pants, or me, who likes to go about ten shades more into the red where I'm in my fancy leggings with octopuses on them or if I am I, I just think it, you can be whatever you'd like nice. and it's well, you're cool it's cool as long as uh, you gotta follow rule number one in derby which is don't be a dick yes mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. as rule number one that's like pretty much the, the universal rule in derby okay. don't be a dick and have fun okay both reasonable expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Reasonable expectations. Um, so the very basics of Derby is that you have a team of 15 skaters okay. that is that can be rostered for a game. Okay. You can have alternates, like if, say, if somebody gets injured or sick or whatever, uh, when you submit your roster to um, for the game. So you have f- 15 players. You can have up to four coaches. Um, I think that's new. That rule, is a new rule. Which I love. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. God. Um, <clears throat> back in the day, you could only have 14 skaters, which was a real pain in the ass. And here's why I'll tell you. So roller derby, a roller derby game or a bout okay. is what they're called, um, consists of two 30-minute halves. Those 30-minute halves consist of what we call jams. J-A-M. Okay. Those jams can be played for up to two minutes, not longer than two minutes. Okay. Okay. So uh, for each jam, each team sends out one jammer. The jammer has a little star on their helmet. At this point, Carnage is holding up a an amazingly technical uh, visual aid. Yes. Of a track. Of a, of a track. track. Of it's a track. track. It's an oval track, and it's a flat track. So there are different, there are certain parameters for dimensions, so you need to have space large enough to have the track on the floor, flat, with no obstacles, and also to have a 10-foot radius, a 10-foot... Um, Ref lane because okay. you have referees that skate around the outside. So the the perimeter <clears throat> is not a, a fence or a border. Or anything, oh no! Like you as you would see in a hockey game. For Correct. Okay. I mean, the, a lot of derby is played at hockey rinks, though, like in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the oval um, is smaller, so it fits inside the hockey yeah. rink with the radius. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Exactly. When you field skaters for a jam, you have one skater that has a star on their helmet, and that star is on is a helmet cover that can come off and on. Then you field four blockers. So four blockers and one jammer is fielded from each team. Okay. Okay. Now, one of the blockers has a, a special helmet cover as well. And it has a stripe going right down the center. Okay. And that position is called a pivot. Okay. 
So, so you I've have got a jammer a, with I've a got star. got a jammer and a pivot. And a pivot with a stripe. Okay. And then the other three blockers don't have anything on their helmets. Okay. Oh. Have any questions? Well, that was uh, that was what I was going to... We kind of jumped right to the, the jamming session. Well, yeah. To... Right. Well, it, because that, that is how, how the game is played. Yeah. You oh, start with okay. a jam. And that's... You play consecutive jams for the entire game. Yeah. Okay. So there's 30 seconds between each jam. Yep. So basically the jam happens, either it gets called off before the two minutes or it goes the full two minutes. The Both teams have 30 seconds to get players off the track, get new players on the track. You get a five second warning and then the whistle blows and the next jam starts. Yes. Okay. The pack is the conglomeration of the most mixed players in one group on the track. Okay, now this this points to uh, you're going uh, counterclockwise. Yes. I was assuming that because the jammers were where you've positioned them, that we were going clockwise. No. All right. No. Okay. So okay. So so the when before the jam starts, mm-hmm. the jammers get behind the jam line. So there's a line on the track that the jammers stand behind, and then you have the four blockers from each team stand in front of the jam line between the jam line. And then you have another line 30 feet away. That is the pivot line at the start of the jam. You have all of your blockers in one area. When the jam whistle blows, the jammers goal is to get through the pack of blockers. Whoever gets through the pack of blockers first legally Upright and inbounds okay. becomes what we call lead jammer. The blockers are obviously trying to prevent the jammer from getting through the pack. The other team's jammer. That's they're correct. They're trying to create they're, they're simultaneously, a wedge of some sort to, yes, to yes. support their own. Yeah. They are simultaneously okay. trying to help their jammer get through the pack and block the other jammer from getting through the pack. Because once that person gets through the pack mm-hmm. and becomes lead jammer, they basically have all the control at that point of this game. Okay. Okay, because the jammer who is lead jammer can call off the jam at any time. During the two minutes. During the two minutes. As long as they are, you know, not penalizing or, you know, doing anything bad. The way that we score points, the jammer is the one that can score points, and you earn one point for every opposing blocker's hips that you pass on your second pass. Okay, so black blocker breaks mm-hmm. way to the front of the pack here. Black jammer breaks Black away. jammer, yep. sorry. Nope, that's Black okay. jammer crosses the line there. Yep. Goes all, Zips the way all the way around. And on this second pass coming around, yep. however many hips that they legally pass upright and inbounds, they get one point. So the it's... most that you can score on a pass is four points. Right. Okay. Okay. So the pack is almost always moving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very rare that the pack is not moving. You'll find that younger teams or some more inexperienced teams are probably going to go faster. (laughs) The pack is going to go faster than some higher level teams uh, that might be going a lot slower because they are blocking a lot more effectively. Okay. Um, But then there could be strategies that some teams initiate that would make the pack go faster on purpose. So there's a lot of strategy, but we're not going to get into all that at this point. Um, So the reason why being lead jammer is important 
is that so Blackjammer got out, they've passed, they made their initial pass, or they're about to make their initial pass, but Pinkjammer got out okay. of the pack, All okay, right. and, and they are on their way around. But then Blackjammer gets stuck behind these pink blockers. So in order, and he, and this person just cannot get through this pack, okay, and notices that Pink Jammer is coming. Black Jammer might want to call off the jam so that nobody scores any points because ah, Pink okay. Jammer might maybe Black clearly has some penalties here because we've lost some <laughs> several some, of the players have fallen here. by the wayside. <laughs> They're in the penalty box. They're in the penalty box. So. You know, now like Black Jammer might notice, oh, I only have two friendlies on the track. I might want to call this jam because that pink jammer might be able to get by those two blockers quickly and, and score four points. And how does one go about calling off the jam? Is there you a You flap your arms? <laughs> you like you take both of your hands your and hips. you touch your hips. Yep. Yep. Okay. Exactly like this. And it can't be like some of the higher level skaters or some fancy oh, skaters, they'll, like, they'll do, do this. little tight little, do like, little butterfly taps on their hips. But you need to be like very clearly okay. calling it off, hands in the air, then hands on the hips. Especially because COVID, um, we lost a lot of ref- refs. Uh, okay. So a lot of refs that we have now are very young refs as far as like experience. So you want to make it known. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas a seasoned ref would see it and yeah. call it off immediately. Right. So, so and, and and another part, another reason why you might want to call off that jam sooner um, is that, say, you know, finally Pink Blocker got out. But, you know, Black, I'm sorry, Pink Jammer got out, but Black Jammer got through, got their four points. Mm-hmm. They're going to call off that jam before... The pink, pink jammer has can a chance co- to score. That's right. Else. Okay. And I'm all about the hit it and quit it, and and that means that hit it and quit it means get your four points and then call it right off. Okay. So that you're not w- gaining a lot of points, but you're preventing them from getting points. So mm-hmm. I I like a slow and steady pace personally, because if you get four points and then your your opposing team gets four points, it's a wash. Right. right. Really. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. That is the very basic okay. first step of Derby. Now, so there are two jams, you said, per... There are two-minute jams. So say, so the how there might be like a two-minute jam, once you go to the box, the penalty box, you lose lead jammer status. Okay. So therefore, the jam now has to run for two full minutes. Because mm. it can't... Once you are not lead jammer, you can't become lead jammer. So, like, once lead jammer is given, yep, that's it. That's it for the jam. Yep, exactly, exactly. So we might have pink jammer in the box. Uh, got a back block. A back block could be they had force. They came in with force and hit an illegal hitting zone on an opposing player, mm-hmm. which caused them to lose um, relative position on the track. What can happen? So now pink pink jammer's in the box, and we still have black jammer out there. Black jammer's not lead, won't ever get lead in the that within that two minute jam. But black jammer is like tired or really having a hard time getting through that pack of blockers. 
the special member I mentioned, the pivot with the stripe on their helmet, mm-hmm. they have a special power. They have a special superpower. They can be handed the star during the jam. So the black jammer could take off their helmet cover that has the star and pass it to the pivot. Okay. That is what we call a star pass. Okay. Because it's a star. Yeah, and it's being passed. I see. And yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're breaking it down now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's it's really confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so now the pivot uh, with a successful star pass, the pivot now can become the jammer. And if that if that pivot is say the black jammer is stuck behind a whole bunch of pink blockers and black pivot kind of sneaks around and is able to grab that stunt helmet cover from the, the jammer. They might have a better relative position on the track to kind of get out and around that pack to now be able to get around and potentially score points. Okay. They just have to make sure that their helmet cover is on. Yes. The helmet so cover not has needs, to be on. So jammer needs to be able to take it off Hand it to pivot. Pivot has to then put it it on on. Mm -hmm. over their pivot helmet. Yeah, and you get to stop skating and just sit down in comfy chairs while you're doing this. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? They have like the rolly chairs that they roll out for you, so you can sit and do that. I am liking this sport. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Every time. (laughs) Yep. No panty covers are ever dropped. No, ever. No, <laughs> in this. So that would be an that would be constitute potentially an illegal star pass. So say if now that now we're getting into some deep stuff here. Okay, but say if the black pivot, I'm sorry, the black jammer went to take off their helmet cover and went to go hand it to the pivot, and say if pink pivot got in the way, right, and the jammer, the black jammer, dropped the helmet cover. The pivot can't pick it up. Nobody can pick it up except for the black jammer. Oh, wow. Okay. They, oh, I'm sorry. The pivot could pick it up. I caveat. The pivot could pick it up, hand it to the jammer, who could then hand it back to them. Ah. Yeah, but the only other, the only person that can touch it besides the jammer is the pivot. But the pivot has to pick it up and hand it back so the jammer can hand it. It's there is no tossing. I thought it was no. Yes, the pivot can is the only person who can touch it. They can pick it up and hand it, but they can't like pick it up and be like, "Oh, it's mine now." That's that's a penalty. But they, the pivot is the only one who can pick it up and hand it to the jammer. Only the pivot and the jammer can touch it. Right. Yes. That. Yes. That I knew. (laughs) As as my. Can you steal a star pass in transit? What? If can you do what? Like, like you can, out of your hand, you can block. Is trying to hand it to Claire. Can I go? You cannot. You can, no, you can't, you can't touch, touch it. Touch it. Penalty. However, oh, you right, can right, right. block their hands. Like okay. you could, you could just like scooch back with your back <laughs> and be like, no. Or you could totally <laughs> chest block. You know, say if this person was facing non-derby direction, non-derby direction is facing count is facing clockwise. Okay, that's what we call non-derby. And you direction. can't do that. You cannot. You can skate non-derby direction, but if you make contact with somebody, and they have every right to full on come at you and block you, forward facing, mm-hmm. which can really suck. 
especially if it's a well-targeted shoulder to perhaps a well-targeted chest. Mm. Right there. Mm, yes, yeah, Pretty much everybody right that I know has had the wind knocked out of them at sorry. some point because right. of that. <laughs> but let me tell you, those hits are so fucking satisfying. It's the worst ones are not even like it, it's always the really bony people. It's always the really bony people. The really bony people. They hit like right there, and it's like ah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that is basically Derby in a nutshell. So okay. once you have the jam, I mean, and you can have many jams because your jam could maybe last 30 seconds. So you can have many jams within a half or within a game. Mm-hmm. Each player can't score, can't occur, incur, I hate that's a word. Mm-hmm. cannot incur more than seven penalties in a game. If you hit your seventh penalty, you have to leave the building. Like, well, take, you have to leave the track. You have to take off all of your gear. Yes, and no longer be seen. Yeah. Uh, some co- some refs will allow them to go back to like wow. the bench without gear on. Okay. Yeah. So with Derby, you get three penalty. God damn it! You get three timeouts <laughs> per game. <laughs> And you get two official reviews, one per half. An mm. official review is, say, when a coach or even a skater coming off the track says, oh, my God, this person, I should have gotten, like, three points instead of two points that that jam or that person cut. Now, a cut penalty is a very common penalty in derby is when a player, typically the jammer, skates out of bounds. Any part of their skate goes out of bounds okay. and they gain relative position over any one of the opposing team or any two of their own teammates. I didn't you know will the get... two on teammates rule. Yep. 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 So opposing team one, your own team two. Hmm. You can pass one of your own out going out of bounds, but you can't pass more than one. Or you will get a penalty, a, tra- a cut track penalty. Um, so say it for an official review, like that jammer, everybody saw them cut <laughs> or in, in a case, maybe, uh, you, me as a coach saw one of their players get, um, shouldered to a shoulder to the nose and came off the track with a bloody nose, but no penalty was called. If you are going to call an official review, you have to have as much detail as possible right. with that official review because- so it's basically your word against what seven refs, seven refs who may not have saw what yeah. you saw. Right. Is and- there a time frame in which you can call this? I mean, like if this, this mm-hmm. bloody nose situation, do I have like a, a minute? In no, which- you have until the start of the next gym. Okay. So, so you, you have, have 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. So when you would call an official review, it would be something that you saw on the track that perhaps a ref did not call ultimately. And you're trying to get them to either send a player to the penalty box for that penalty, um, or try to get maybe one of your players out of the penalty box that you feel was sent wrongly to the penalty box. So it's kind of like you're trying to, you're trying to win some advantage for your team that you feel like was unjustly given out. Mm-hmm. Or some points. I or, uh, I, yeah, but points are very. It's funny. Those are the ones I've actually seen win. Mm, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's true. When I was when I fought for my points, like at the beginning of the season, because our ref 
crew, a lot of our ref crew out there is so young because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a, it's been a really interesting season because there's been a lot of learning, which is great, which is great, but it's also can be kind of frustrating sometimes in the the whole learning process. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, since we're talking refs, talk to me about penalties. Okay. What, What can I not do? I cannot elbow you in the face. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. There are also a few others, but that's today. a good one. Not today. So you cannot um you cannot hit a person's illegal target zones, which are between your shoulder blades, like along your spinal column. Okay. So if you're taking that kind of like rectangle down your back, mm-hmm. um your illegal target zone is your head, so you cannot be hit in the head. Um, also, uh, you, and you cannot, you cannot hit that person so that they lose relative position on the track. So you might, you might run into somebody, but if they, you know, stay upright, don't move. I mean, if you ram into say slices spine at high speed, you probably will get a penalty if it's directly on your spine. (laughs) These are all of the... These are all of the penalties, and we will we'll go through we'll okay. go through them absolutely each what, what each one is. So back block, hit on the spine. Mm. There you can only um, steam. Can you stand up for a second? Yep. Look at the, such a great model. Can you turn around for me? So we have steam standing up. Okay. So back faced. So this is all illegal, which is the spine. You cannot this. Which is the all shoulder legal. and on the side. Mm. This all legal. Okay. Yes, on the side. This is on the back. I'll turn around. This legal is all legal. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So stomach, solar plexus, chest, all legal. Yeah, you don't want to yes. give that. Um, on arms, usually you have elbow pads on. Mm-hmm. Here and up is legal. Here and down is illegal. Right. Hmm. Anything above the shoulder and up is all illegal. Okay. Which is really bad when people try to go in with their head first to things. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> okay. So also on the legs, usually you are wearing knee pads. Knee pads. Anything below your knee pads, illegal. It's low block. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So that gives you a visual. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back block is just that, is when you hit on the spine. Um, it's and if you're giving somebody your entire back, it's really hard for them to not do a back block. So mm-hmm. it's it's a strategy. The next one is a high block, and I believe that's where it's your head, right? Mm-hmm. But okay. no, but if you get hit in the yeah in the head, that's a high block. Um, low block is if like under your below the below the knees the knee pads rather yeah. Like if you're tripping somebody, like if 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 you accidentally have your skate out and somebody trips over your foot, mm-hmm. that could be a little block. Also, so even, if you, even if it's not intentional, absolutely, absolutely. even if it's not intentional. If you fall and don't get up fast enough, and somebody trips over you, that's on you. You you are a low block. And, and this can, is steam. This is where you were talking about your ability to get up quicker. Exactly. So there's two things you can do. One, get up fast. That's my preference. But the other is make small ball until everyone's away. <laughs> and then bang it up. Um, because sometimes, all right, I'm on the ground in the middle of this pack of people. If I tried to like 
move my limbs to get up now, I'd take somebody out or it'd be dangerous. And that's going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's better to like just get small. Um, we teach fall small in practice. Those um, three penalties were all impact to an illegal target zone. Okay. So the next three penalties are impact with an illegal blocking zone. So the first one is head block. You can only imagine what that is. It's going head first, which, ha, ah, ah, ha. Why? 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 Would you want to but do that? some people do, and it's scary. There is can an admission happening. Like your your neck. So, or can you imagine getting hit hit with a helmet? No, like that directly? really sucks. But I have definitely gotten a call for um, blocking with the head because. If I'm in the middle of a tripod, so a lot of the formations that you'll find on a track that blockers take is a tripod. So two backward, two forwards facing blockers and then one backwards facing kind of holding, making a little triangle. Hmm. So if you happen to get in the middle of one of those tripods, though, and I can sometimes have a temper (laughs) that I didn't know that carnage might not be great. (laughs) And and then I get a little angry and then I just go and like go up with my head and then I get called on blocking with the head and I go to the box. (laughs) (laughs) So don't do that. So no on the head. Okay. Um probably one of the biggest penalties is a forearm block. Forearms. Because you're you're not supposed to use these. You you can't have chicken wings. If so, you're when someone's about to pass you, what is your first instinct? Clothesline them. Oh, yeah, right. Clothesline them. Yeah, clothesline. Oh, no, stop. Yeah, you know, right? There it is. It's like clotheslining is bad. bad. Not clothesline people. (laughs) There's other ways that you can get called on a forearm, is you know, it's but. Yeah, you got to keep them in. Got to keep them in. Gotta keep the wings close. And then the other one is a leg block, and that's usually if you're like hitting with an illegal leg zone under, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which people can do if they're trying to. If you're in a movable force, they'll get their legs underneath your um, your knee and try to move your knee mm. with their leg yeah. to try to take your knee. <laughs> So, I'm not liking any of I know this <laughs> because I've had it happen to me because I am in a movable force. Yes. yes. <laughs> Can't confirm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people when I'm when I'm teaching newer skaters how to how to move me, because that's the first thing they go to is they try to do that. And I'm like, you cannot do that. You're yeah. you're gonna get called on a penalty. Yeah. Mm. Right. So that is a leg block. Okay. Um so there's so there's also multiplayer blocking, which means that if like that tripod I was just talking about, the way that you stay together is you have your hands out and you have like, I am grasping, um, I am grasping at the top of the arm. Okay. Uh, Steamy is grasping the top of the other arm. And if a skater goes into that link and the link doesn't fall immediately... And they kind of hold on to each other mm-hmm. and create a, a um, unbreakable link. 
that is a multiplayer. Yeah. Okay. So we can do this as long as nobody is challenging challenging it. Right. But as soon as somebody start, it goes to challenge it, it has to immediately come down. Yep. And that's a big safety one because think about it, right? If we're locked here and yeah. somebody sweeps through that arm, somebody could break their arm pretty break easily. So okay. that's why that it's there for our safety just as much as a jammer's or mm-hmm. another blocker's coming through. Multiplayer is right up there with forearms, though. It's one yep. of the ones that gets called constantly. And the other one that gets called constantly is direction of gameplay. (laughs) Fucking direction of gameplay. (laughs) God damn it. So direction of gameplay means that, so derby is played in non-derby direct, uh, in in counterclockwise Mm -hmm. um, direction. So, but because you've got all these players on the track at once that are trying, that are moving all about in this, in this amalgamous blob of people, if you initiate a hit going in clockwise direction and you make contact, you could get called on a direction of gameplay. Okay. Just to clarify, Carnage, do you have to actually move the person when you hit them in non direction? Or they do you have, have to, to you have to make contact. You have to make contact. So for example, I skate non direction and run into immovable force slice. Is that a directional if I never moved the force? It is, because you would have to stop and I would have to meet you there. Okay. I would have to be the person making the contact. If you are initiating the contact going in non-derby direction, then you look at a direction. Yeah, so if you fall on your ass, you're still getting a penalty. Yes. Meeting my force. But (laughs) you're the one who initiated it, so that's on you. Yes. So, I mean, there there are other more um there yeah, there it, it gets really in depth, but I guess the main point is that derby is very physical and there's a it is a full contact sport that we do on wheels. Mm. At the end of the day, that is exactly what we do and for and, fun. For fun. <laughs> <laughs> no one's forcing you to do no. this. No. What you're saying. No, no, and we love like, it and we keep coming back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this this sounds wonderful. This this does not sound in any way like something I could do, but it it, it sounds. You know what? Like you never be- know until you try. Because it, who it's sixty six. Sixty six is our oldest person on our league, and but it's it's, it's such fair. an empowering thing though. That's that's because you know, like Steam said, he could have gone and played softball or something like that, mm-hmm. but like. Eh. Right. And I, we have another person on our team who has expressed, like, I don't really like roller skating. I just don't want to play softball and I like sports. Hmm. And hmm. I love that if that it's full contact. I like you get to hit people who want to be hit. You know, it's yeah. in, it's a it's yeah. a great, you know, release endorphins. <laughs> like you sure. it's and and I, I feel, and we've mentioned this before in the pod, but I feel like Derby kind of attracts a certain kind of person. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be okay with being hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When we get a really good bruise, there are pictures of that bruise. There's oh, a, I have. a degree of pride. A, oh, right? yes. Oh, yes. It's like, yeah. oh, look at this. There are war wounds because <laughs> I'm, and it's, I have, because I have a 10-year-old son and he loves to roller skate, and but now you know every time he gets a cut or something like that, like I've turned it into war wounds for him because like that's how I've gotten like <laughs> the badge of honor and stuff like that for Derby, and it totally changes your mind about it's, now it's kind of like oh man this better leave a really good bruise yeah because you'll <laughs> fall and you'll be like god damn 
That hurt. That better leave a good mark. <laughs> yeah, that better have a good bruise attached to it. Yeah, I was running a drill the other night, um, and I I had an injury. I had um, knee surgery in December, and I'm just getting back to contact, light contact, but I'm coaching. So light contact is kind of important for me to do just so I can demonstrate certain things and help skaters out, try to break down the skill that we're doing. So one of my vet skaters, actually my 66-year-old skater, Miss I, shout out to Miss I, um, she... <laughs> And I've known Miss I for a long time at this point in my derby career, almost since the beginning. And she's like, no, Carnage, I don't I don't want to do this with you. <laughs> I'm like, Miss I, it's fine. Just hit me, will you? I'm going to be fine. And she hit me. And she hit me right in my chest. And I just lost my balance. And I fell over backwards. Just ass over tea kettle, like legs straight up. And I came right down on my ass. And I was just like, ooh, yeah. I'm like, God damn it, that better leave a mark. And then my husband, like, a, t- a day later, he's like, what is that? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? What is that? I, uh, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. No. I didn't totally fall during practice. That's not what happened. Yeah. I totally fell during practice. <laughs> when I went down, when I was oh, yeah. skills with you, I, I, was, I, I thought I was going to have a bruise. No bruise. No luck. No luck. And it, it like. I saw you hit and I went, ooh. I, yeah. It was like my whole side. I hit, I picked a cheek. That's good. Yeah, you, if you can pick a cheek, that's better because, like, pick a side to fall on. I see. Okay. Because you can, tailbone injuries are pretty significant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've had one when I first started yeah. that, you know, it's. I don't know if you've ever had a tailbone injury, but it's like you have to trust fall on the toilet onto the toilet for a while, for a while, because yeah. just like you just can't sit and it just hurts so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you learn how to pick a cheek, it just then you just get bruises on your thighs or your butt. <laughs> or your butt. So I've and I, I I swore I was going to get one, but no, it just hurts. Well, that's the difference <laughs> between you know, a bruise and an injury. Right. Is mm-hmm. that yeah, it's. Yeah, and injuries are pretty common, which is mm-hmm. why we teach a lot of safety, especially in the beginning, because knowing the right way to fall and knowing the right way to stop and having control of your body, being able to balance on one foot for a while. Like a lot of this, it's a lot of balance and agility that you have to get used to. Mm. Um because if if you are unstable, you definitely run the risk of a lot more of severe injury. Sure. Mm-hmm. And ankles and knees are very common. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things that, you know, is just learn how to fall first. Yeah. <laughs> Just learn how to fall. And, and don't be afraid to fall. And like, everybody like, fights it. They fight it until they realize, oh, because during a game, you're always on the ground. It's like, I basically <laughs> live there now. You know? But but there is a psychological a component to that for sure. And, and Steam mentioned it earlier, like he didn't have that fear of falling. Right. Yeah. And that is such that is such a gift mm-hmm. to have ingrained in you because I deal with so many freshies who are just like, well, I don't want to fall. And I'm like, well, then you shouldn't play World Derby because you are going to fall and you've got to be okay with falling. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, just don't fight it. Just don't fight it. And and I guarantee you it's not going to hurt every time. <laughs> so it, that's why we have pads. So we the re- regulation is you have to wear a helmet, mm-hmm. uh, elbow pads, wrist guards, knee pads, and then your skates in a mouth guard. 
a lot of skaters um, will opt for shin guards. Because if you think about it, when you're going through all those skaters, you get kicked in the shins a lot. My shins when I played were like like <laughs> battlefields. <laughs> like round all these round bruises on my shins just for like the shape of a wheel. Because mm-hmm. you just get kicked all the time. Um I still have like a hard spot in my shin from like <laughs> one area that I always get kicked in. It sucks. <laughs> but it's there. It's always there. Forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But like I said, it's that special kind of person. <laughs> it, that, yeah, who can take pride in that? Now, mm-hmm. see, I was I was a competitive distance runner for about ten years, and it, there is a it's just generally not a contact sport. But <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah, hope no. Not. Yeah. If you watch, it's hard enough as is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. If that doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> the average, yeah, Olympic marathon. There's very little yeah, checking. And yeah, elbowing. yeah. <laughs> um, but there's that same sort of. You come to have a different relationship with pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you very quickly learn to start separating discomfort from pain, from injury. And it's it's really important to be able to mm-hmm. do that. And, and that, if you're not in that mindset, mm-hmm. it can be very easy to, to look at that and say, that's just perverse. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... I mean, it's it's kind of what Steam was saying at the beginning. This is the the pain, the you know, all of that is is inevitable. Yeah. So accept that and learn how learn how to fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Learn yeah. learn how to deal with the the, the running injuries. Right. Exactly. Because you're gonna you're you're gonna get hurt, but the goal is to not get injured. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's an important. Um, it's important, an important line to recognize too, because I mean, you are, I mean, you're playing a full contact sport. You're going to get bruised. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably going to jam your fingers. You might get them rolled over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I haven't had them run over yet. And I say That's that. why when we teach you to fall. It's the yeah. fingers go in. Yeah, yeah go actually, in. when I skate, usually I'm like, I usually just have a fist most of the time, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea yet what my hands are doing. I'm barely keeping track of where my feet are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they're underneath, great. Check, Perfect. Yep, Check. Still, still there. <laughs> so one of the things, you know, I, as I mentioned, like Derby attracts a certain kind of person, but like the Derby community is is a really amazing community, I feel. And, and we've been doing this podcast for just about two months now. And we have almost three. three. I'm sorry. Three months. Three months. Yeah. Um, Coming up on three months. And a lot of people that we've talked to and interacted with, it's just the the reason why they love Derby so much is the community Mm. because it is supportive. It is accepting. Um, We have a very big LGBTQ community within roller derby. And as, as slice and I have said, everybody's a little gay in derby. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's a little gay. Everybody's a little gay. Um, So, you know, we shoreline roller derby, which is not uh, WIFTA ranked or WIFTA, um, a WIFTA league and WIFTA is flat track dirt women's flat track derby association. Got it. Um, that's kind of like the governing ordinance for a lot of roller derby. Um, but we, we, we play with the rule set. We play with their rule set. However, we are all gender inclusive. Um, so whoever wants to play 
on our team can play. Yeah. It's yeah. like Steamy over here. Like Steamy over here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I it, it's kind of funny for me in a way, like with my journey um, where I am now, like the first trans person I ever met was through roller derby. And I've met a lot more tra- of the trans community um, in roller derby. And it's, it's just, I, I just, it's made me a better person. Like I know, I, I feel a lot more empathetic and understanding and I'll be the first one to be. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you saying any homophobic remarks right now? I'm sorry. What now? And I will make a scene and yeah. Anyway, it doesn't. Well, we need that. We need right. people to step up. You don't have to be trans right, to do that, to, but, but to step up when the misinformation, when the hurtful things are being said, when the the mean-spirited jokes are being right. made, we need mm-hmm. people to just step in and say, hey, no, 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 not right. cool. And, and, and being that I came from a part of Connecticut that is very cis-white, or at least cis-presenting white, mm-hmm. um, and... It, it it at least opened up a world to me that I wasn't familiar with. And it's, it's been such a wonderfully humbling and amazing experience for me. And I, I love that about the community. It's taught me so much mm-hmm. and it's given me a lot of opportunities to learn. And this community is basically, it is our family. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it, when you see a member of your family being attacked, it, you know, it makes everybody mad and, you know, and the unjust and expect, you know, recently, like, you know, it's transphobia has been around for a long time, but man, recently it's just like, it's insane. And you see the people that you love being attacked for just trying to exist. And, it, right. you know, and, you know, we have each other's backs 100% and we will fight for the people in our family. And so. we know how to body check them. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. And these right, are not you don't, people you want angry at. You don't want to fuck with us. <laughs> Do not fuck with us. <laughs> well, that, that sounds like the right kind of family. And, mm-hmm. and what we queer people find pretty regularly is that family of choice mm. is something that can can often offset when your biological family is not supportive or right. where mm-hmm. you just did not feel you belonged there we we gather like-minded people around us we find a place where i mean you, what you two just described was love yeah mm-hmm. right and yeah. so to to congregate in a in a setting where that love is is there mm-hmm. it, it, that's everything yeah mm-hmm. it's also it's a way to forget you know, like a disassociation, you know, I use it personally for, because, you know, life sometimes drags you down. But, you know, for two hours on Tuesdays and Sundays, you don't have to think about the world coming after you and you don't have to think about what's going on in your life. You can just, you can be in your safe space. You can just be in your safe space and, you know, be on your team and only focus on Derby and the people around you. And you know that you are in a completely safe space. Yeah. 
Maybe getting a little bruised. Yeah, (laughs) safe as a I think it's one of those things that really impresses me, having grown up in sports, is sports is very team-orientated, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you do anything for your team. It's your teammates. Like, you go to battle every day with each other. Like, you go to battle against each other to make each other better. But with Derby... It's a community, not just in your team. Every time we go to an away bout or have a team with us, we invite them to the after party. After the game, everyone's laughing, getting to know each other, talking. And it's just you can see the community is not it's my team versus your team. And it might be that way on the track. But by the time the final whistle blows, everyone is just happy that we got to play derby together. And oh, yeah. supports yeah. each other. And that really, to me, is what matters is mm-hmm. the community. And yeah. You know, when people move, um, we just had somebody move away recently, or like two skaters moved to Boston, and, you know, they're getting involved in Boston Roller Derby, and they're super excited about it. And you'd think, oh, you just lost your team. That, like, means a lot to you. And it's like, no, I know that Boston Roller Derby is still going to have the same, like, important values and the same... It's still um, family. It's still family. It's It's just doesn't happen to be here. And obviously, we miss those two people, but, you know they can still find that community elsewhere. And that's great. And they're still involved. It's not a cult. (laughs) (laughs) Not a cult. Not a cult. Hashtag not a cult. Let me me ask the devil's advocate question. Because we are are here in Connecticut Mm -hmm. uh, where a lawsuit was brought against two trans women at the time when they were high school uh, yep. athletes. Um, I recall that Andrea happening. Yearwood and, and Terry. And um, they were, the, the suit was brought by a far right group on behalf of, I think it was three cisgender girls uh, saying that it was unfair that these cisgender girls had to compete against trans girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I should just point out for those of you who might not be familiar with this, that this doesn't seem to be a problem anywhere at any time until the trans women start winning. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Exactly. That's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. If you're the, you know, if, if it were me playing roller derby, I'd be the one on the bench most of the time (laughs) and nobody would care. But if I were to suddenly be that, and, and so the, the lawsuit claimed that these trans women were keeping the cis girls from, uh, I forget how it's worded, but basically a chance to be outstanding. And so based on, I'm assuming like getting scholarships, I'm, I'm assuming that's probably part of it. Exactly. That's a huge part of it, Mm -hmm. which turned out to be now all of those people are not only out of high school, but out of college, I think. Um, and, it didn't hold anybody back that right. all of right. them got exactly what they wanted. But, but so the, there's a degree of injustice in this, in that if you are a trans masculine person, eh, come on the team. If you're, if you look like me, if you're a trans feminine person who isn't especially delicate or effeminate um, despite what I wanted to be um, then that's not fair that's an unfair advantage so if a trans woman like myself who um, doesn't pass came on the team would that be unfair no 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 
No, but no. Those are awfully quick nopes. Tell we me about that. Because we have, we, we've. We have yeah. two cis men freshies that want to play, right? No, they're going to ref. They're going to be, they're going to oh, be refs. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're going to ref. But. I play. You play. Um, Like, I'm on T. Yeah. Um, and that's one of those things, like, uh, I've talked to some people on the team um, and, like, you know, how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about, you know, trans women playing? And um, I've specifically talked uh, to a couple of people and they said, okay, maybe if they're a little bit stronger, then it just makes us better to play against them. But if let's just look at, for example, let's just look at Slice. I cannot move Slice if Slice does not want to be moved. Immovable force. Immovable force. You gotta wiggle. You gotta wiggle. <laughs> or be a jackhammer. I will fucking jackhammer you. <laughs> Grace told me to stop that. I because I heard you no. <laughs> do that to. I heard that that conversation because I was next to the two of you on Tuesday, yeah. and then when you switched, so slice was with me. I said that worked, and immediately started doing it. Well, but you're not as stable as I am. <laughs> well, yeah, on my roller skate, right? So which yeah. is why Grace had to intervene and say, right. nah, nah. <laughs> "No, no, 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 you do not that. No, you don't do that." Yet. Anyway, getting back to your point. So, to get back to my point. Um. Everyone's bodies are different, and what mm-hmm. advantage you have versus what advantage I have versus what what advantage a trans woman has, like that's just like maybe better on yourself. So I mean, when I started T, I was like, wow, I feel stronger, I have better endurance, like this is great. I am not the fastest, I am not the strongest, I am not the biggest, I am not the toughest, most agile, anything on the team. I am slightly better at some of those things. I'm not actually that better endurance anymore. I'm out of shape, but um, <laughs> I am slightly better at some of those things than I used to be, but I'm not like out there running everybody over because I have this advantage. Um, and so for me, like, that's what I use is like, okay, yeah, I have this advantage over my previous self, but I don't have this um, advantage over anybody else on the team. Right. Oh, I mm-hmm. like that distinction. Yeah. 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 It's also in roller derby, it is a sport that celebrates different bodies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can tell there's three different bodies in front of you and mm-hmm. we all play the same sport. Mm-hmm. And it's, you use your body to your advantage and you strategize with it and it doesn't matter what body you have, you use it to the best of your ability. And, you know, there are things that people can do that I can't do, but I don't do those. Like, I don't try to do it that way. I do it my own way. Mm-hmm. Right. And I try to make a strategy with it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There are some big ladies who skate. <laughs> <laughs> there are. There are. And, and they're terrifying. And yes. they are fucking terrifying <laughs> there are people i've watched in high level derby games where i'm like oh my god i don't want that coming at me ever because holy shit <laughs> run, away, yeah. run away that's why you have fast packs <laughs> it's like right. no <laughs> but i've i think in almost every league we've seen a trans person yeah i know very very frequently yeah. i mean, it's, it's pretty often hi i know like High, the high level teams that I know of all have trans people on them. Yeah. So it's in it, it masculine, feminine, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You yeah. just use your body to your advantage. Mm-hmm. So so let me put these in other words. You're saying that other organized sports, perhaps professional sports, could learn something from roller derby. I uh yes. Yeah. And, and this is not the only thing that roller derby can teach people. Like mm-hmm. the the Women's Flat Track Derby Association actually was 
was lauded when the return to play was released after COVID or mm. during COVID. Like they had a very specific, strenuous, like tiered system as to how to safely come back to play roller derby. And actually it was looked at by other professional sports organizations as like, Oh, this is really good. Now keep in mind, all of roller derby everywhere is run by skaters for skaters. That was their motto up until recently, which is now by the community for the community. Mm-hmm. So there's not any fat cat sitting some, sit somewhere, owner of the team, dictating things. It's it's a, something that is actually a truly democrat or as democratic as it can be. And it's not all yeah. glitter and rainbows and everything. I mean, there's lots of issues that we still have to work out. But the fact that we have this organization where your body type and your gender is, is praised. It's, Mm -hmm. it's something to learn from. (laughs) I just love that someone on our team that is five foot zero and a hundred pounds soaking wet can whoop my ass just as well as slice over here can with her immovable force and in completely different (laughs) ways, but God damn, they leave me in the dust. So that's one of those things that if you play to your strengths, whatever you have, will work for you. And that's mm-hmm. with with all of the stuff that you went through earlier, Carnage, in terms of showing me the way it works. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that, that there are this there's this whole range of skills yeah. that come into play mm-hmm. like, during a, a match, bout, bout, bout. <laughs> game. Game. And yeah, so. It's one of the things that we really try to highlight to freshies when they come on. Right. Because it were, we, we really try to beat into them that – don't look at the person next to you. Don't look at their progress. Pay attention to your own progress. Yeah. Pay attention to your own strengths. You're on a different path than the person next to you because the person next to you is going to do different things than what you're going to do. You know, it's great to find other skaters who skate like you or who are built like you mm-hmm. to kind of make your own style. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the end, it is your own journey. And we really try to hammer that in to the yeah. people coming in. That it's like you don't have to be five foot, a hundred pounds soaking wet to be, you know, effective. Right. You can be my size and be effective. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and like you had asked earlier about like people who've never skated do this sport. Yeah. Right. I mean, like both of you have never skated mm-hmm. and and I actually used to slice as an example with this new um, Fusquitties class that came in that they're like, well, I've never skated before. I'm like, do you see that? Do you see that person right out there? You know, the 314 right there. And you see what, how she's blocking? I said, two years ago, she could never skate. Like she never skated before. And I said, and look at her. And they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's yeah. really enlightening. Yeah. You know, it, it gives people some inspiration too, because and I will tell you that the people who have never skated before are some of my best players. Yeah. Cause they don't have bad habits. <laughs> well, and they're there to learn and they're there to learn. And they really yeah. like, you have to have that ambition. You have to have the drive and Derby isn't for everybody. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of those things that as a freshie coming up through is we had 
different coaches like pretty regularly. We rotated through a few of them, and then sometimes we get someone different and new. And it's like, hey, I've been struggling with this skill. I'm not getting it. And you see a different way to do it. And we're talking like sometimes it's a completely different method or sometimes it's like, hey, turn your foot like a little bit extra or drop a little bit lower here. And or you just watch somebody do it. and It just makes sense. And I mean, your common sense would say, OK, look at someone with a similar body type to me, see what they do and copy that. That doesn't always work. You know what I mean? They found something that works for them for their list of things like I have this body type. I had knee surgery three years ago. I, you know what I mean? Like this, that, and the other thing, this is what works for me. And that's their magic combination of success. <laughs> and you can steal little pieces from everybody, but you can never steal everything from one person. So having a lot of coaches and a lot of experience, you know, try it this way, try it that way. Have you thought of this? Ooh, I think that doesn't work for you. Or what if you just tried sitting it up like this? I haven't seen someone do it that way before, but maybe that'll work for you. Yeah. And that kind of development, it lets you kind of come into yourself as a skater mm. and, I honestly don't think anybody skates the same way than any two people. I can't think. Well, except me and Grace. But I've never oh, seen Grace. Oh, see, yeah. I disagree with that. I Because I just, I watch people how, that's like what I do yeah. is I watch people. And people tend to skate similarly to others. Yeah. Like but they have their own. Right, they have yeah. their own way. I course. get really excited when somebody comes around that's like a similar style to me because I'm just like, oh, let me mold you yeah. into my image. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes me very excited because I'm like, I'm going to make you an immovable force. And then together we're going to be two immovable yeah. forces. <laughs> and then you get, we, we set up like practices and we set up different scenarios and <laughs> we'll put like, a jammer and then we'll have all of our big power blockers out on it. Oh like, my god, they're always like, fuck! Oh, god damn it. Oh, I hate this so much. <laughs> I get that a lot. They're like, why Carnage? Why? I'm like, because it's just going to make you a better skater. And that is one of the great things about roller derby is that when you get good good people in that kick your ass, it really, the only thing it does is make you better. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, have we answered your questions, all of your burning questions? I, uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I feel very confident that I am ready to go to about and watch and be able to say, okay, that was, that was this. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and also, what the fuck was that? Right. Right. Yeah. But I, I think I'm ready to see it. Yeah. yeah. And and I think because when you look at it, the way I look, it is so chaotic. Mm-hmm. It is chaos on a, <laughs> on a track. It really is. And and I had one of my therapists over the years tell me something that like resonates. You know, you hear certain things all the time, but then one person says this one thing at this one time and it's just like, Oh my God, you just blew my mind. So I had one of my therapists at one point, like I told her I played roller derby and I said, but you know, the chaos in the pack, it really, it can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. and it really can be. I mean, Mm -hmm. as a, as a teen Kraken, you're kind of, you're learning that like, Oh yeah. Oh shit. Well, Oh, I just got hit. Oh, I got hit again. Oh, I got hit again. It's like, don't stop hitting me. I don't know if you missed (laughs) this at last practice. Like I went out there, did my thing. I did a thing. Came off. <laughs> and Grace goes, so what'd you do out there? I said, I, I didn't know. She's like, yeah, I could tell. Because as soon as you got hit, you just stood there and watched the rest of it. And like, yeah. She's like, yeah, do this next time. Because I, I didn't even realize it doing it. I thought yeah. I was still trying to be helpful. But no, I just didn't move from where I started. Right. <laughs> so, but what I was told was you have to try, you have to learn to find your opportunities in the chaos. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such a, 
it's it's such a profound thing for me to think about, especially when I'm going through a hard time because mm-hmm. life is chaos. Everything is chaos all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just different degrees of chaos, but it's finding finding your way and finding your peace in the chaos to get you through it. Well, that, yeah, that and, and what you were saying before about focus on yourself right. mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, take care of your own development mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. These, these are life lessons that mm-hmm. are invaluable, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that, that idea and, and everything that we've talked about, uh, rely on family, yeah. unlike minded people who actually have your back literally. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I think it's, you know, kind of what, what steam and and slices said is you know learning learning how to skate and learning how to play derby and learning what your style is you you inadvertently whether you realize it or not become more comfortable in your body mm. and i think that is so important for you know transgender people or even non-binary people or anybody it really anybody i'm not trying to just yeah. target one one group, but I feel it's important because I, I know that that can be a difficult thing for a lot of people is feeling mm-hmm. confident and comfortable in oh, your own skin. So as a bigger person, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I have struggled with body issues my entire life. And then I started doing derby. And I was like, I'm, I love melts. my body now. It's like <laughs> it my body. Is, away out there, it right? really, it really like, does. Like I, around. you know, I, you wear, wear tank tops. I wear tank tops now. <laughs> I wear crop tops now yeah. on occasion. I know, like, I there's things that I wear now that I never used to wear just because, like, I am very, I am way more comfortable on my skin now because I'm in a place where people ha- celebrate my body and my body type and it's like that's like for everybody we celebrate everybody's body and this is why we also love junior derby so there's a whole yeah where you have uh kids you know typically it's like teens um but some will go as low as like 10 or so uh 10 to 17 and as soon (laughs) one of our boston skaters that just left soon she like reached out to me (laughs) Like a month before her birthday, she's like, I'd like to join your league. Can I please join your league? Because once you turn 18, you are now, you can join an adult league. Um, You actually basically get kicked out of juniors. Mm. But juniors, junior derby, I find, is a great community for those youths who are... Kind of like they don't fit in anywhere. We're like the land of misfit toys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. and that, I mean that in the most loving way possible, but people who maybe just don't fit in somewhere and mm-hmm. they find their people and they find their voice and they find their comfort. Because what other sport is going to be so welcoming to like right. a, a tr- trans youth yeah. or you know, right. non binary youth, right? Even, you know, plus size girls, right. skaters, like what yeah. other sport is going to celebrate that? And that's the beauty of Junior Roller Derby. You guys are bringing me close to tears here. <laughs> oh. So I would like, if if you uh, three are, are up for it, I would like to invite the three of you and anybody else from the team that you feel would be interested in doing this uh, to come be on Transcat because I, I would love to push some of these ideas a little bit further. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. Cause I, I do think it it is such a beneficial outlet or just a, a, a beneficial community for, yeah. for that community. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more that people know that we exist, the more they're going to come join. Cause there's, 
people out there who have really, really bad luck when it comes to sports yeah. and not being included. and Or just comes from a very difficult home life or, yeah. you know, just, you know, challenging relationships and mm-hmm. and you can find salvation. In Royal Derby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's the bow right there. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll do our best not to swear on your podcast. I was just thinking that. I was like, no. I'll, I'll totally watch my potty mouth. That, I that, can't promise anything. That rule only applies to me. My guests are allowed to swear. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Well, my we're... very first episode, I as I started hitting the, the P4 to record, I, th- I thought, oh, okay. Is that, are, are we allowed to swear? Is that a thing? But my first guest was so comfortable that he let a couple of things out. <laughs> yeah, so I, like, okay, so I guess that's he, what an amazing <laughs> first guest that was too. Tony, yeah. he was amazing to listen to. Tony, Tony Ferriolo is Tony saves lives. That's what I was he, listening to that episode. That's actually, what he yeah. does for a living. And yeah. Tony and I right now are working on a presentation. Uh, that we might be able to turn into uh, a series of trainings, but working with him is amazing. Um, please go listen to that. It's, yeah. it's episode one. Uh, he saves kids' lives. Mm. You know, we all we all do what we do, and we try to do the best we can at it. He saves lives. Yeah. I when I listened to that episode, I was like, "What a perfect episode one!" Because yeah. you yeah. know, like. I think about our episode one, and I'm like, oh, yeah. just give us more. Just give us some well, more. If, if we could just, if we could just bury it somewhere. <laughs> like, Although, your yours was just. Oh. oh, thank you. But my <laughs> my mother's reaction to the first one was, oh, it was wonderful, but. You know, of course, that's because you didn't say anything. He just talked for the whole hour. Oh, <laughs> like, not think I so. Think that was a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, he definitely has the gift of oh, gab. He's great, yeah. but it was it was just it was really wonderful to listen to. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Yep. So, and I invite your your listeners to come on along, jump over, yeah. and, and listen to us Absolutely. in a slightly different format. Yeah, and I, I think that it's, a, it's something that people can learn from. I know I definitely have in, in just mm-hmm. the few episodes that I've listened to, and I will continue to listen. I love it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Thank you. And trans cat with a Q. I mean, how cute is that? I mean, I love cats. Yeah. You too. And if, yeah. you, if you go to the website, you can see the team. I mean, oh, I do yeah. a lot of the work, right. but the, t- the the management team is actually my four cats. So if you go there <laughs> and you click on the link for the team, you can meet all four of them. Um, and yeah, I have five. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, she does. So I sure do. You and I are crazy cat ladies. Yes, we are crazy yeah. cat ladies. I am so well aware. I mean, like, yeah, people just get me like cat stickers yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. kitty. Yep, happens. Well, well thank you so much yes. for this, it's, guys. This was wonderful. Oh, you're very welcome. It was so wonderful to have you on today. And thank you too, Steam, for coming on today. Did you learn anything? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Huzzah! Yay! Wonderful. Well, we have done it. We have done it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Way to go. Go us. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And there you go. (laughs) Well, for now, uh, I am Carnage. I am Slice. And uh, go out and be a goddamn delight today. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
Bye. Bye. Hey, Mom, did you listen to my podcast? What's a podcast?